0: Welcome to Open to Explore, the FBC Athens podcast featuring conversations exploring the intersection of faith and life. This episode features the first sermon in our Let's Talk 2020 series. Joel Snyder challenges us to consider the ways in which we exercise individual rights at the expense of the common good. The subject of love uh, could be written about in volumes. I want to look at love today from an angle which divides our experience of love in two. The first experience would be that of mutual love. Now you're just going to have to bear with me while I go through this for a minute, because it's absolutely critical. But all healthy friendships, and I think all healthy relationships, like marriage, always begin with an unspoken, and unconscious assumption of mutual love. We go into uh, a relationship of mutual love where we have this sense, that there's going to be a balance in what we give and what we receive. If it is with a a friend, we know that there will be something like parity among favors. Occasionally, one of us might do a little more for the other, but in the course of life, the other one uh, will do something for us, and it will essentially equal out. We go into mutual relationships with the belief that we will make about the same type of concessions, we will uh, give about the same quality and quantity of time to the other person's needs. But in the end, it's mutual and it balances out. Now that's the way most healthy Relationships between friends and spouses and similar relationships the way most people go into them. Now the second way we experience love is sacrificial love. And just the mention of it, just the mention of sacrificial love nearly scares us to death. What are they going to ask me to do? How much am I going to have to give up? But some of the most rewarding instances of life come from sacrificial love. If you have ever nursed a dying member of your family, perhaps a parent, a spouse, hopefully not but possibly a child. There is something in the nursing of a person that we love dearly that brings about uh, an intimacy that we would never choose, because we would never choose to have to go through it, but when we experience it, it's something we would never give up. I have heard adult children say, I didn't think that I could be my mother's nurse. But in those weeks, up before her death, I found that I had some of the most tender moments I'd ever had with my mother she had never told me that she remembered the first time she felt me kick inside her and she recounted it just like it was yesterday and I wouldn't trade the world I wouldn't trade the world for what we experienced in those moments but it was a great sacrificial love those of us that are parents no child comes into this world thinking uh, or being on a parity relationship with parents. Infants are by very nature totally helpless and dependent upon us. And yet, for those of us who are parents, we uh, recognize that some of the greatest rewards we've received have been from the glad sacrifice, the glad and willing sacrifice that we have made our children so we have mutual love and we have sacrificial love and I bring these out to indicate I think the journey of the Christian faith can often be seen as a tension between the desirable good wanted mutual love and the call of Jesus Christ to a sacrificial love. Think about some of the things that Jesus says to us. But I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who persecute you. What does it profit you if you only love those who love you back? Even Gentiles do that. And if someone forces you to go a mile, go with them two miles. And if anyone begs from you, if they ask for your coat, give them their shirt. And how many times should we forgive? Not seven times, but seven times seventy. And the amazing things about all of these examples, they are uh, spoken to us in circumstances where there doesn't even seem to be the hope of mutual love. But somehow Jesus calls us on beyond the expectation that we're going to give and take, I'll receive and benefit in some sort of balance and Jesus calls us to give it all. Now I believe that the passage of scripture that Frank read from the eighth chapter of 1 Corinthians. The presenting problem, if you've worked or been in a counselor's office, the presenting problem is whether or not people should eat meat. But the real tension is the tension between mutual and sacrificial love within a Christian fellowship. The people who feel that they should be able to eat meat come into the fellowship With an unspoken assumption that we're all peers in this. And I should be able to follow the dictates of my conscience under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And if I think it's okay to eat meat, it should be my right to eat meat. And the side that finds it just anathema, they just can't believe that people would do this sort of thing they are saying well you need to sacrifice your conscience and do what we ask you to do to be you know take some responsibility for the faith of the group you need to have the responsibility for the faith of the group and you need to refrain from eating meat so it's the expectation of justified mutual love in a congregation we give and take we have balance and the call to sacrificial love but you are wounding people and therefore we ask you not to do what you have the right to do they're saying people are falling away you're destroying their faith don't you understand this and I think all of us should be able, from our experience and perhaps even just from this explanation, should be able to understand that if we are ever to have true Christian fellowship in a church or wherever it may be, that there will always be this tension between the expectation of the rights of believers in a mutual relationship and the responsibility for the larger group sacrificial love. Now that's for the church. That's for the church and maybe I should stop there but I won't. What about the nation? How do you take this and how do you translate this into relationships within a nation? Well, if you only remember one thing that I say to you as an interim, let it be this. No government can love you. I believe I mentioned this before, but there is not a government that can love you or love me. The city of Athens cannot love you. The United States of America cannot love you. And so just governments, governments that practice justice, establish laws that come as close as possible to approximating love in the society as they can. And the closer, the closer the laws of a country come to approximating love, the more just society is. And so in church we think about fellowship. Let's have good fellowship. In society, we think about the common good. And in both cases there is mutual rights, mutual relationships that therefore give certain rights, and there is a sacrificial nature that speaks about responsibility to the common good. Somewhere I learned, maybe you did too. Maybe you learned, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure the domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and promote the general welfare, the common good. And either in a church or in a nation, if there is not some system whereby people don't either have love in a church or approximate love in a system of justice, there is no fellowship and there is no common. A just society will always think about the rights of the individual. It will hold up an expectation of certain behavior. For everybody, there is a balance. But it also must take care of people who have less, whether it be less opportunity or whatever. And I have been under the conviction for the past few years that the underlying problem in the tensions in our country are really this tension between rights and responsibility. Well, what's my right? And what's my responsibility? It's very interesting in the passage from Genesis. Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer implied in scripture is, uh, you bet. And what happens when he ceases to do that? When he ceases to care for his sibling, he winds up and the family is destroyed. If we don't understand our sense of responsibility for one another, and if we don't respect the rights of each other, there's not much hope. I'm sure we all thought some great big thing would bring down the United States one day. I honestly think that could do it, a mask. We have lost the capacity to have a sane conversation with each other about is this a right not to, or is it a responsibility to? In a just society, we must weigh both. Congregation is undertaking a uh, necessary, a necessary discussion period that it will be the third time, 2016, 2018, 2020, in which subjects that are sometimes hard to discuss, hard to discuss, are ignored and we will be having discussion groups, not where we try to prove that this is always a right were always a responsibility, but where as Christians who walk the same journey in the same tension about whether we expect mutual love or sacrificial love in this particular instance, where we can just talk together. Don't you ever long for a place where you think, well, I'd really like to hear from somebody on the other side who's not going to get mad at me. I'd really like to hear from somebody else so I could understand what their thought process is. Well, guess what? Why not the church? So there will be discussion groups set up throughout this, this period and uh, where you can sign up and there are ground rules about the way we treat each other as Christians where we can just talk. Let's just talk. The Apostle Paul When asked about this, you'd wish Paul gave a little bit more definitive answer. He says in the debate at Corinth about eating meat, he said, you know, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. But if it causes somebody to stumble, I won't eat meat. He does not say, and therefore, people must sacrifice every time they're asked. He does not say people must always think about the responsibility for the common good or the fellowship. But he does say in this case, that's what I'm going to do. And then he leaves it to the Holy Spirit to guide and direct the members of that church to make the decision for themselves. That's very Baptist. And that's what we hope to do through our discussions is not to, nobody is the winner, it's a discussion. And if at the end of the day we understand each other, and if at the end of the day we've been able to talk about such things without being tacky to one another, then the fellowship grows stronger. And the witness of Christ in this world improves. So let's talk. Thank you for listening to Open to Explore, the FPC Athens podcast featuring conversations at the intersection of faith and life. Coming in December is a daily podcast featuring devotions for Advent.